0: Welcome to part two of how your childhood helped you manifest your love language. So last week we talked about the love languages in general, defined some terms that will help us. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back and listen to part one before you come and listen to this one. This week we're going to talk about what exactly your parents did that helped you develop that love language and talk about your attachment style and how that also relates to your Relationships now. So keep listening and welcome. If you are new here, my name is Quenisha and I am your host for Be a Better Baddie. This podcast is going to be the ultimate guide to help you, of course, be a better baddie. As your host, I am also your cheerleader, your coach, your teacher, and your fellow baddie. Every single episode is dedicated to helping women navigate the ups and downs of life while being a self-aware baddie. At the end of each episode, I'll leave you with a few questions to help you process the information you just received. Let's jump into it. So we, I hope you know your love language now. I hope you know, I'm going to keep going. I hope you know your partner's love language, your family, your friends. I hope that you guys have had time to discuss that. So let's just talk about how exactly you even develop that because it, the way you act in a relationship or the way you want to receive love is a direct reflection of how you were raised by your parents. So here are the six main factors that affect your love language. One, the amount and the type of attention our parent gave us. Two, the amount of freedom our parents allowed us to have. Three, the amount or type of praise and approval our parents gave us. Four, our parents' consistency and dependability. Four, definitely already said four. Five, I'm sorry, our parents' attitude towards expressing emotions. And six, experiencing a traumatic event, especially by the hands of your own parent. So if you can just sit back and think on your childhood and what happened um, in the way your parents acted towards you, then it should completely align. So when I think about this, like I will say definitely one that stood out to me is my parents' consistency and dependability. I could always depend on a gift. And this is me thinking in terms of love language. Like there was literally never a Christmas that I knew I wouldn't receive a bunch of gifts that was consistent um and even so like my mom loved to watch me open gifts she loved me being surprised she loved my reaction and that is that that's how she showed me she loved me like she always made sure she got me what I wanted and more and she was happy when I received it so that's a direct reflection of that so Make sure you think back on that, go replay this part if you need to, and yeah. So let's jump into attachment styles now. Remember, love language and attachment styles are two separate things. Love language is the way you express and experience love from your partner. So again, physical touch, gift giving. Whereas your attachment style explains the way you respond and react to your par- your parents, your partner's actions this again has a lot to do with your childhood so i took an attachment style quiz and i'm scared i'm scared to tell y'all but i'm gonna tell y'all i'm gonna tell y'all at the end i'm gonna explain all of them first okay so we have first and these are different than what i've heard before so these are very interesting because usually i have no like avoidant and something else like those terms if you if you're familiar but i think that these are more so aligned with relationships because the quit the website they came from are mainly um centered around relationships so i'm learning something new okay so first one is the pleaser and these are your attachment styles like how you behave in a relationship so the pleaser Typically, the pleaser grew up in a household with parents who were very critical and protective. Pleasers were seen as the good kid and they did everything they could to avoid getting in trouble because they wanted to please their parents, of course, right? Pleasers often have a hard time saying no. They have no personal boundaries. They put other people's needs before theirs. And yeah, so when a pleaser is in a relationship, it's important to be honest with your partner. So if you are a pleaser when you take this quiz, but if you are a pleaser, it's important for you to be honest with your partner about your needs and wants, stand up for yourself too, and do do what you believe is right rather than what you're told. And I know I know some people in my life who are pleasers. And then on the other side, if you're dating a pleaser... It's important to encourage them to have their own opinions and to put their own needs and wants first. Okay, so that's the first one. The second is the victim. So the victim grew up in a chaotic home with one or both of their parents being violent. Victims found the best way to deal with this was to keep the keep to themselves, hide from them parents, hide from their parents, and do anything to basically stay under the radar. When victims grow up, they typically have anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, and essentially a hard time voicing their own opinions. Victims are also prone to falling into addiction to deal with their problems. So in a relationship, victims have to learn how to stand up for themselves and not let their partners take advantage of their willingness to comply. And if you're dating a victim, let them create help create a safe space for them. Don't let them feel afraid to to like express themselves with you all right next is the controller and i just want to let you guys know there will be a pdf of these for you to download you just follow the link in the show notes and it'll take you to this pdf so next is the controller so the controller grew up in a household where they did not receive any attention or sense of protection Mm, i can already think of somebody so controllers learn to be learned not to be sorry learn not to be dependent on anyone at a very young age so these are the very independent people right they can only depend on themselves they have to take care of themselves if it doesn't happen it's on them right they have a strong tendency to display anger towards their partner so those in a relationship with a controller should help their partner control their anger and learn how to trust others The controller has to learn how to control their anger issues to avoid causing their partner to feel scared and abused by trying to get control. All right. Now this next one, y'all, I had to look it up. And if you see the word, you're going to think it says something else, but vacillator, the vacillator. So the vacillator grew up in a household with very unpredictable parents who did not prioritize the children. So they basically had no attention. They were often feeling alone, they have a fear of abandonment. So when they're in a relationship, they are vacillators. <laughs> are expecting to receive constant love and attention from their partners. And once their partners can't reach their expectations, they're disappointed and they feel like they're not receiving the love they deserve. But vacillators can spot slight changes in their partner's actions. So I would say they're very intuitive because they are constantly watching and wanting something from you and they can feel when that's lacking. So in order for a vacillator to experience a healthy relationship, they have to set realistic expectations with their partners. So they're not let down. So everyone's not going to always meet your needs hundred percent, no matter how great this person is. They, I promise you, they won't be perfect. Um, next is and i think this is the last one yes the avoider so the avoider was raised in a household where affection and expression were discouraged but independence and self-reliance were encouraged so again the avoider don't come in here being happy sad expecting love hugs you better get it done work 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 do it yourself avoiders are less likely to express their love through gift giving. Or quality time, so I would not like an avoider. Avoiders are more likely to become workaholics, leading their partner to feel neglected. Partners in a relationship with an avoider may feel left out of important decision making and not needed. Avoiders have to learn to open up and feel comfortable expressing their feelings with a partner. So an avoider is extremely self reliant. They're just like, yo, I'm here to work, live, breathe, eat, poop. I don't have time for love. I think I dated a guy like this before. Um, and I think he, he was Nigerian. I don't want to sit here and say all oh, Nigerian men are that way. but Okay, so now let's reveal which one am I. Drum roll. All right, so after taking the love quiz, I am a vacillator. <laughs> I am wait, I answered yes to 8 of the possible 15 vacillator statements. So, let me read about my vacillator. Okay. So, you know what actually? And this is very interesting. I am um, in I got 8 for vacillator and 8 for controller, 1 for victim, 7 for avoider, 6 for pleaser. So vaculator and controller are definitely my top two. Avoider is running in second place because it's um, the second one. So when I go back and look at these, so let me go back vacillator, controller and voider. Okay, so after you take the quiz, definitely looking at all of these and use the PDF attached to help you interpret that. But from what I see, I typically, I am, so from this, what I can summarize and agree with is I am very independent and I don't like to depend on people. If I want something done the right way, I'll do it myself. Um, And I do sometimes feel very disconnected from the people I'm supposed to be close with. And when they let me down, I do feel like, very disappointed in them and then I think controller is my last one and I don't like being out of my comfort zone yep so what I was saying earlier so yes definitely thinking about that makes so much sense so moving forward obviously in my relationships I would think about these so with that we all want to be moving towards becoming a secure connector, of course. So you may have heard the term secure attachment, but we all want to move towards becoming a secure connector. So a secure connector is the person who is comfortable with giving and receiving love. They understand their strengths and weaknesses in a relationship, and they can effectively communicate their emotions and needs with the partner. Secure connectors can also resolve conflicts with their partners in a healthy manner and set and maintain personal boundaries. So I wonder if the quiz looked for any secureness. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just saying like what you naturally do. But I do think that it does depend on the person. So me looking back at this right now, um, as adults, vacillators are on a quest to find gratifying, consistent connection. Um they idolize new relationships Ooh, i do i do okay great okay yeah oh it's making sense to me so we're all supposed to become a secure connector can we all do it in this lifetime maybe maybe not we might as well try so why is this all so important what was the purpose Quanisha, why are we talking about any of this? So after talking about love languages and attachment styles, we can see how they're different and how they're similar. Our attachment style can affect our love language. So thinking like someone who grew up in a home that discouraged the expression of emotions won't know how to show love through words of affirmation. (coughs) Quanisha, that's me. So it's important for you to just sit back and think like what happened in your childhood? What type of home were you raised in to help you understand how you're going to behave and react in a relationship? Once you understand your love language and your attachment style, you'll be better prepared to deal with your romantic needs and learning how you even yeah, learn how to learn how to deal with romantic relationships and maintain healthy relationships in general. So that is the purpose. We all want to be secure connectors. So time for our closing thoughts. I've had an awesome time here with you for this two part series. It was a really good one. Really made me think about a lot of stuff, but your homework for this one definitely take that love style quiz. Take that love style quiz. And then your journal prompt is going to be for you to just reflect on your childhood. What do you think happened in your childhood that made these things true? Get to the root of it. Be a self-aware baddie. Because when you're self-aware, you're a better baddie. And I am signing out for this week and I will see you on the next one.